Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Oregon State home on Saturday night against Washington State. Jaden Grant joins us every week on this show, uh, courtesy of Jamba. Go to Jamba.com if you want to see the full menu, if you want to get your Jamba on or get into your nearest location. College football season is better with uh, Jamba. Uh, Here is Jaden Grant, now team captain, Oregon State. A, A nice win last week. That was a lot of fun to watch to the end, and... Anybody who says it's lucky, I'm telling them you make your own luck. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, a thriller. Um, you know, definitely a crazy experience being a part of a game um, like that. But you know, obviously, as a, as a team, we don't we don't want to exactly be in those situations. You know, you know, too many times this season. So no, but what was that like to you know? You're on the sideline when Trayshawn Harrison catches that pass. Were you watching the whole thing? Did you see it unfold? What was your live reaction to that? Yeah, I was actually with my boy Alex and um, Alex Austin, the other corner of the spot. And we were kind of like towards the end of the sideline, um, towards our, our end zone that we scored in. And after the first play, we, we both just looked at each other and said, you know, we like our offense for seven. Um, and sure enough, you know, one play later, Trayshawn makes that catch, leaps over him, and then he stayed on his feet. And everybody was just going crazy. You've been a defensive back in that position. It Correct me if I'm wrong. It looked like cover two, safety was coming over, corner was trying to run with him a little. Um, what did, what happened there? What do you, like, as you look at that play unfold, what what happened with the defensive backs? Um, for them on that last play? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looked like they was playing almost like a, a two-man. Uh, like the corner looked like he was playing trail technique. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Trey Sean just went, went up and made a, a great catch. I think um, one of the safeties coming over, I wasn't really expecting him to come down with the ball. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't end up tackling him. And then Trey Sean obviously just made a, a crazy athletic play, you know, staying on his feet. Uh, so credit to him. Yeah, you've been in that situation where you're trying to get over there. And for for people who don't know, like, you know, the, the quarterback's trying to throw the ball into that hole between the corner and the safety getting over. I just wonder. I, it looked to me like the safety maybe didn't see the ball. He was looking at Trayshawn instead of the ball, and didn't really react. You know, he kind of got turned sideways a little bit. But hell of a play by Trayshawn Harrison. And by the way, hell of a play what, by Silas Bolden on a previous possession in the yeah. fourth quarter. I mean, that was a beautiful yeah. catch in the left corner of the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Cybo. He's he's a baller man. He's been making huge plays. Um, I really all the way since the start of, of fall camp, so you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him get going, and making those big plays. Um, you know, this season. What is what is a home game like for you guys? Because I look at your last nine. You're I think you're eight and one in your last nine home games, true home games, and it it's it. There's a different feel. So give us an idea of what it is to play in Racer Stadium and why you think that's become such a, a home field advantage for you guys. Um, I think just just the mantra of um, you know defending our home turf. 
um, like you said, Beaver Nation, Research Stadium, it gets packed, it gets loud. Um, so just, you know, our, our, our effort to, you know, return the favor for their support, you know, their, their un, unfailing, um, you know, support over the years. You know, we made an emphasis last year, you know, we got to play better at home. You know, we got to defend home turf. You know, I think we've, we've done a really good job of that. It's just amazing, you know, running out this weekend, it'll be an orange out, you know, you run out the tunnel. You see a whole stadium of orange, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. You know, it really can't. It's hard to put into words. What do you see with Washington State on film that, as a defensive back, you're probably looking at Cam Ward in the offense, but what do you see? Oh, I see a, a team that is very, you know, explosive. Um, you know, they're they're their passing game is, is vertical I and mean, you know they'll spread you out and try to lighten the box kind of play the numbers game you know, with the RPL um, and they're, they're a team that you know like I said can, can be extremely explosive you know have some weapons obviously they have a guy at quarterback you know who can make a lot of the great throws and then obviously extending plays um, you know they're not looking to just take you know little conversions they're looking to make the big plays on, on extended plays so um, I think it'll come down to you know winning on one-on-ones and, and you know defending those big plays. Jaden Grant is with us, uh, courtesy of Jamba Juice, every Thursday on this show. Uh, team captain, uh, Oregon State, number three in your program. There's two number threes on your team. Uh, obviously, you got a quarterback wearing three. You're wearing three. That confuses some people. Do you? Uh, do you ever have people ask you that question? Uh, nah, never, never had that. I think one time in the game, uh, when Tristan was in it, I think they said. I completed a pass, and I think you know, vice versa. The same thing, same things happen there. It's funny because every game, um, you know, Treshawn's first catch, they uh, like the, I think a couple games this season they, they've been saying Achilles Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> so we always laugh when we're on the sideline. We hear that. I love that. Hey, Jonathan Smith. Um, after the game on Saturday, uh, the TV he goes in front of the TV cameras. Obviously, it's a very emotional finish to the game. But man, he's cool as a cucumber, man. He just, he just he starts talking, he's monotone whatever. I have to think like he has some moments where he kind of gets excited. Do you get to see that side of him and why do you think he tries to stay, you know, not too high, not too low? <laughs> uh, I just think how that that's just how he is. I, I just think he's just like wired, you know, that 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 be the word. If I could describe him one way, I would just say wired, you know, and everything he does. I mean, you'll see him before meetings, and he's always, you know, talking talking to himself and stuff before the meetings because he's just so wired that way. He's spot on, you know, with everything he does. He's always writing detailed notes um, about everything, which is something that's always impressed me about him. And, you know, he just always he's always seeking input, you know. Um, so it's just it's been it's been cool to be around a, a coach that you know kind of moves that way and kind of observe observe the way that he um, you know goes about his business. After games, when you win, uh, you tend to go live on Instagram after the game. Uh, <laughs> is why did you start doing that, and and what kind of reaction are you getting from people? Um, that, that honestly, that was um, what the, this game and the Fresno game. And I think it's just more, but those were two, you know, comeback last minute, you know, thriller victories. I think it's more so uh, that I really don't usually, um, you know, go live after. After wins or whatever, but I think in those moments you're just so excited. You know, you kind of want to celebrate with, with Beaver Nation a little bit. So um, you know, that's that's what you know some of the guys did. It's always cool, you know, interacting with the fans too, kind of seeing their raw reactions and whatnot as well. Yeah, what does that look like on your end? As you know, everybody's joining to watch it. You must just see names coming up and people liking it or whatnot. But I think it's brilliant because the emotion is so high after a win like that. 
people want to be yeah. in the locker room. They want to celebrate with you, and you you brought them into the locker room after that game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's just a, it's just a cool thing, and it works both both ways. You know, like I was just saying, you know, wanting to see, you know, the raw reactions of fans. I'm sure they want to see inside the locker room, um, as well. So I, I think it, I think it was cool, and it's always cool to interact with our fans. Jaden Grant is with us. Um, all right, so this this kind of feels like it. This this is an elimination game for somebody when it comes to Vegas. It is that on your mind uh, as you go into a game or how focused do you have to be, you know, away from that? I guess you can't be really thinking about, hey, we got to win this game because it gets us, you know, it, it keeps our, our, our dream of getting to Vegas alive. Yeah, no, I, I think that, um, you know, you, you just try to win every game, to be honest. And I think you kind of already knew, you know, our approach to it, you know, the process week by week, day by day. Um, but for us, we're looking at this as a big-time game because of the challenge of, you know, the Cowboys team that they are. Obviously, and then, you know, personally, I, I haven't been watching this day in all my years here. Um, so that's, you know, been extremely frustrating. So, yeah, um, definitely excited for this game. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to take the field on Saturday. All right. I want to ask you a question about another Pac-12 game because you've played Utah, you've played USC. Those two teams are playing. Uh, what should we be watching for in that game uh, as, as it unfolds? You know that matchup. You know those two teams. I would say um, for Utah SC offense and, and Utah's defense, I would say who wins the explosive play battle, either you know hitting the explosive plays or limiting the explosives. And then um, Utah defense and and, and uh, no Utah offense and SC defense, I would probably say the run game, and then for SC defense turnovers, takeaways. Yeah, you know, they've been doing a really good job of that all season. Yeah, they they are opportunistic. Uh, you've played at Rice Eccles Stadium. Is what's that experience like? Uh, USC's walking in there. It's, it's definitely a, a tough place to play. Um, but like I, like I said, you know, I know Research Stadium is is a tough place to play too. And you know, they kind of weather that storm as well. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a good matchup. Your, your home stadium. I can't believe how loud it is for for being a half a stadium. It's ridiculously loud. I, I can't wait to see what that's going to look like when, when it fills in on the other side. Um, Jaden, I yeah. appreciate you making time. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, go get another pick this weekend. Every time you get one, uh, I'd go Jamba. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it, it's been a lot of fun to have you on. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week, but uh, go get this one. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. There he is, Jaden Grant, Oregon State team captain. Um, it's interesting to get player opinion on those two teams. Uh, by the way, uh, one of our statisticians, Colin, tells me that USC has outscored their opponents 55-7 to in the third quarter through six games. 55-7 to in the third quarter. That's an interesting stat. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Oregon State at home against Washington State on Saturday night. Uh, big game. Washington State will be without their starting running back. They will be without a slot receiver in the first half of the game. Will be played without uh, their, one of their offensive tackles. So uh, keep an eye on a fast start for Oregon State. And I kind of wonder if uh, you know if Oregon State uh, can take advantage of maybe some of the backup players that are going to be playing in this game. I'll ask Jake Dickert, the Washington State coach, all about that on tomorrow's show when he joins us. I want you to leave it here. Big splash next.
Back to the bald faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I want to give a shout out here to school teachers, aides, the, uh, you know, anybody who has anything to do with the educational system, administrators, how about that? Uh, even the uh, administrative staff at your local elementary school. Man, our kids are off uh, here in the next couple of days or so as, as parent-teacher uh, conferences are going on. And I used to dread the old parent-teacher conference when my parents would have to go in and talk to my teacher. My worlds were colliding. My home life was colliding with my school life, so to speak. I didn't necessarily want there to be any communication between the school and home or home and the school. I liked a little separation of church and state when I was a kid. But I'll tell you, um, the reports that my kids get, far different than the reports I got. Like the teachers are, oh, your kid's a delight. Your kid's a, uh, all right, that's cool. That's great. But you know what I see in the schools? And, and I, I hope... You know, it's not just here. It's my brother who's a teacher in California and my sister who works at a school in California and everything. They are reporting that young people are less and less often choosing a career in education. I'm concerned about that. And I'm concerned about, like, you know, we talk about the great resignation that happened during COVID and pandemic and people just kind of got fed up and said, life's too short, I'm out of here, whatnot. I think we're seeing some of that in the school teacher ranks as well. So just a public service announcement. Take care of your local kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, all the way up through high school teacher. Uh, fist bump to them. Shout out to them. Uh, the BFT Foundation is here to help kids in schools. If you know a teacher who needs something extra in their classroom, go to baldfacetruth.org. And submit a grant request. If you'd like if you'd like to help a classroom, you can go to baldfacetruth.org and you can donate uh, on the donation page. You can send a uh, fill a class need. You can buy books for a class. You can send a class on a field trip. You can do all sorts of cool things. But I feel like we really need to do a better job as uh, I guess a society or a culture of taking care of the people who take care of the kids uh, that are in schools. I. I think it's probably been a really long couple of few years for school teachers who had to adapt from classroom learning to distance learning to hybrid learning back to where they are now uh, and deal with, uh, frankly, if I can just say this, you know, I, I think in Salem at the state capitol, the state legislature should be, uh, should be ashamed of itself for how, how little it supports the educational system in our state. And the lack of support that you see in public schools in our state, it's embarrassing. And we're not alone. Uh, I was talking to my brother about the staffing issues they're having and they're seeing in California. They, 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 you know, they have openings. They have money to pay teachers. And they can't even find people who want to teach. Or they are handing out credentials, emergency credentials, to people who aren't quite qualified yet because there's a real shortage out there. I, uh, I don't have all the answers but i can tell you that it starts with us talking about it and it starts with us then trying to do something about it so uh if you want to at the very least 
support your local elementary school, support the teachers who are doing that. And if you're a teacher listening to this, bless you. Thank you for what you're doing because you're out there on the front lines every day. That brings us to our big splash. It's the one thing you need to know. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The Big Splash. Well, the Trailblazers have a issue. The team announced today that Gary Payton II will have to wait to make his debut in the Blazers lineup. Uh, he is their top free agent signing of the summer. But apparently he's got a core muscle injury and a surgery that he underwent in July. And uh, the team is saying he is not yet ready. Uh, they they expected him to be ready for the start of the regular season. Now they're saying he'll miss at least the first five games of the regular season. Chauncey Billups told reporters today, quote, I think we just want to be extra cautious with it. Uh, the Blazers signed Gary Payton II to a three-year, $26 million contract. This summer, he went to, underwent the surgery in July. Uh, the team did not disclose this until shortly begin the before the beginning of training camp in late September. But um, this is a guy that uh, the Blazers thought that they were going to get uh, and have ready for the start of the season. It appears that he is not going to be ready. How big a deal is this, Stephen? Yeah, frankly, it's it's a big deal because I mean it's just preseason, but we saw the struggles the Blazers had defensively in the preseason. Gary Payton the second is the best defender on the Portland Trailblazers. So without him on the roster uh, for you know for at least the first couple of games against this tough schedule they got, you know I I don't know how the defense is going to continue to get better at all. So he he's a guy they really are relying on to be that stopper, whether it's the point guard. And we even saw in the playoffs when he was with the Warriors, he was switching on to Nikola Jokic. So you know, he's a guy that can guard a lot of different positions, a lot of versatility on the defensive end. So without him, man, it, 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 Blazers are going to have to score a lot of points to win some games. Give me some good news on the Blazers front. Like, what's going right for them? Like, if you were going to say you're only spouting good news in this segment of radio, what's the best news the Blazers have had maybe all summer or even now? I would say Shaden Sharp, the number seven overall pick. Uh, he looks like he has a chance to be really good. And the way I describe this is, you know, he's an elite athlete, which a lot of guys are in the NBA. But when you watch him play, he has really good basketball IQ. So you combine the IQ with an elite athleticism, and that's how you get a potential superstar player. I think at the very worst, he's a guy that's going to be able to get buckets, and sometimes that helps the team, sometimes it doesn't. But the way he moves on the court, he had a couple really nice cuts against the Warriors where he knew exactly when to cut and how to cut, Nurk hit him for a nice little backdoor. Um, he had a nice another uh, dunk later on in the game where he cut baseline. He, he has the ability to show off that IQ that he has to combine that with the athleticism. And when you get that, that's when you can get an all-star level player. So Shane Sharp, super young, still probably not ready to play consistent minutes, but he has flashy potential of that's why he was the number seven overall pick. And maybe at some point he could become a really, really good player. All right. We'll focus on the good news while we watch this team play. I'll give them a chance. Let's see how, let's see how they unfold. But uh, if you're a Blazer fan, I don't blame you for being disappointed with the news today. Uh, with uh, Gary Payton II now seemingly out for at least the first five games of the NBA season. Uh, coming up, we're going to play some punch it audio. We've got great sound coming up. I'm also going to give you the path that Oregon has to a potential berth in the college football playoff. Uh, as things settle down across the landscape of college football, it, I, I feel like the last 
half of this season is going to be all about the competition and the games, and I couldn't be happier about that. We spent so much time in the last two, three, four months talking about the uncertainty, the anxiety, the realignment, the expansion. I feel like we are going to be able to focus finally on the games and the games alone as this uh, college football season really ramps up. we got Punch It Audio coming up. Uh, great sound for you. Anna will pop into the studio. All that still ahead. I appreciate that you're here. we got one hour in the books, one hour ahead. Let's do it. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry Truth to interrupt Truth. the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.